Coming up today on the Locked on Hornets podcast, we talk a possible Malik Monk trade. Ian Begley reports that the New York Knicks might be interested in getting the third-year Kentucky product. Also, we'll talk about the Locked on Mavericks soundbite, where they actually hypothesized about a Dwight Powell trade with the Charlotte Hornets. We play the box score boogie beatdown. I don't know what it's called. Find out by listening to this episode and this. Let's let's see if we can run the smallest backcourt in the NBA, just for fun. Yeah, I would like to run him and Devontae Graham. Keebler, the Keebler backcourt. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> The opening topic of today's podcast makes me very sad because I haven't been able to quit this guy. Yeah, it's of course. Of course I'm sad. We already know. Malik Monk's my guy. I don't want to lose Malik Monk. I'm never going to quit him. I don't care. I mean, I don't... The guy could be out of the league for three years and I still will want to take a chance on him. That's just how it is. People understand my bias towards him. Loved him coming out of college and that love has never waned. And yet, but it's here we also are. that love has also never been returned, Walker. Oh well, I'll disagree there. It's been returned. We've had our moments. We have our moments this year, but in the end, you're right. It hasn't been consistently returned. Love, it's just is, love is not about moments. Love is about consistently. You show up every day for love, people. It's not about. I mean, you know, the the fire is going to fade. But I mean, that's a, that's a reality of love. But it might be something I'm doing. There might be something that's on the outside. It's not between us, though. It could be somebody else that's intervening with our love. And I do think that's... Also, now you're going to blame the coaches. Is this Uh, this where your analogy is going? Are you going to blame James Borrego because your love is faded? Are you going to blame Steve Clifford for stunting his development in year one because he was resentful that the Hornets did not select his guy, Donovan Mitchell? Is that what you're saying? I didn't say that. It could have been a therapist between our love. You, you're the one that brought up the coaches. I wasn't talking about that. Oh, the so reason- now an outside voice, or you're saying that some of the commentators, the people who are, you know, like me, who have, you know, disparaged Monk in the past, that 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 we're coming in, but that that somehow we've affected Malik Monk's confidence, his ability or inability to shoot three point shots. Is that what you're saying? I think you are the one that has come in between my love for Malik Monk and tried to break us apart. And now the reason I'm so sad is because Ian Begley has sources, a part of ESPN, Ian Begley, has sources that tell him that some in the Knicks for an office see Malik Monk as a possible trade option. And we all know during that 2017 draft that there was a lot of mock drafts. Mock draft season, baby. It's the thing that makes Doug Branson it's coming. excited. It's coming. A lot of those mock drafts did have Malik Monk going to New York. I got a chance to talk with Malik Monk right after the day after he was drafted. And I asked him if he thought he was going to New York. He said, absolutely. That's exactly where I thought I was going to end up. Thought I was playing my home games in Madison Square Garden, but was excited to be here in Charlotte. And instead of taking Malik Monk at eight overall, the Knicks, they decided to take Frank Nidalekina. Frankie Smokes. But now he's at a limited bench role and he's not playing very well and hasn't played very well. The thing about him is that he's good at defense, but offensively, man, he's really bad. So the Knicks also have Dennis Smith Jr., who was the ninth overall pick in that draft. In that trade, Chris Stapps Porzingis sending him to Dallas. They get the NC State point guard product in return. 
What do you think about the reports, Doug? What do you make of Malik Monk possibly going to New York and what kind of return that would maybe call for? Well, I like that you softened the copy that I had put in there on on Frankie Smokes on the franchise because I put in there that he's playing terribly. Last game, 0 for 8 off the bench in 11 minutes. I mean, he is he is not shooting the basketball very well. He is essentially useless on the offensive end of the floor. So just You've always to- kind of had an affinity for Frankie Smokes, haven't you? Well, I like the tape, but it hasn't, you know, maybe he, like Malik Monk, needs a change of scenery. I mean, that's the sort of cliche phrase that we always use for these guys, that they need to, you know, go somewhere else and they'll magically. You'll 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 see a lot of, after these reports came out, I saw a lot of New York Knicks fans saying, here we go again, change of scenery guy, we're going to bring this guy in and then he's going to continue to be terrible. This is what the Knicks do all the time. So there's... People are sort of, they don't like the cliche in New York because New York has done this several times, trying to bring a guy in via the trade uh, route, and and it doesn't pan out. Uh, But I think it makes sense. I mean, of all the players that, uh, you know, the Hornets could deal, it feels like Malik Monk would at least have some promise of value. Uh, So, I mean, it makes sense to me. And look, it's not, it hasn't worked out here. And I've said this for years now that I thought that this was ultimately he was going to end up being a Jeremy Lamb that needed to go somewhere else to have any shot of of putting a career together and getting another good contract. Has it been years? He's only been in the league three years. Years, buddy. Has it been been years? I said it before he was drafted. I said it too. I said (laughs) it while he was in high school. Yes. When he was playing in Arkansas, yeah. you said, you know what? It's not going to be the Hornets where he flourishes. He's going to play for him, but it's going to be a different team. So here's Malik Monk's stats. For his career, he's got eight points a game on 39% shooting, 32% from three. Malik Monk this year, 8.4 points per game on almost 43% shooting and shooting 25% from three. The shooting never materialized into anything that was worthy of going out there and allowing him to shoot, really. Yet we know what he did in college, and therefore I can't say you're comfortable with him shooting three-pointers, but it's something that you still, I guess some people would consider a part of his skill set, even though he clearly hasn't demonstrated the ability to do so. So the three-point shot, it never showed up. Malik Monk, this year, he's kind of turned into something different, right? We thought of him as maybe the best shooter in the entire NBA draft class in 2017, but now it's someone that slashes, that is a good ball handler, that I think has become a good passer. Um, Malik Monk has turned into a different player. He's finishing really well at the rim, and he's an awful shooter. He's gotten worse. I, this is somebody that was supposed to be the best shooter in the draft, and the guy's shooting 25% from three in his third season in the league. Um, you know, for me, I, this is something that I, I, you're not getting a first round pick. You're you're talking second round picks. You're talking player swaps. You're talking change of scenery for either guy on either team, Malik Monk, Frankie Smokes. I don't know what you would be able to get in return. But at that point, Doug, for me, look, I'm in the minority. I still want to stick it out. I think that Malik Monk, when you look at his 36 per 36 minute stats, when you look at the advanced stats, you know, they're pretty close to pretty close to Devonte Graham when you look at that. Okay, but there's a reason why he's not playing 36 minutes a game, right? I mean, that's the whole that you know when you throw the per 36 out there, it's like Okay, well then let's look at the advanced stats, right? Where we look at some of the percentages, they're pretty comparable to what Devonte's doing. And Malik Monk's not as good as Devonte. There's no doubt about that. Devonte's been a pleasant surprise, he's been great. But to me, I always thought at the beginning of the season that I didn't like the way that James Brego was using Malik Monk. 
I didn't like it. Now at the end where we had this little stretch here recently, I thought Malik Monk was taking bad shots again. And I put more of the onus on Malik for settling for jump shots. There are times where he tries to get stationary dribble happy and then eventually just throw up a bad three pointer. But you look at the advanced stats. I mean, you can go to the turnover percentage. It's damn near identical. Devonte has a way better assist to turnover ratio. So that's something that Devonte has the clear lead in. But you look at the effective field goal percentage, he's not even a point ahead of Malik Monk. Devontae isn't. You look at the true shooting percentage, you know, he's just a couple of points, 53.8 compared to Malik's 51.6. And that's only on a usage percentage that is about 24.7 for Devontae. It's actually kind of what Malik was getting the first two seasons of his career. You look at the defensive rating, which again, I understand that's not necessarily the most reliable stat in the world, but Malik a couple points better than what Devonte is just the advanced stats. They're damn close. And you're right about the per 36 minutes, but okay, we're, we're going to a bunch of cup uh, going to a couple columns, right? Traditional looks a lot more favorable to Devonte, but to me, I want to see Malik Monk continue here with the Hornets. If it only calls for a couple of second round picks, because man, to me, when he plays at that kind of level, when he's attacking, if he can stick with that, then yeah, it's something that I'm going to be enticed by. Okay, Devontae Graham is the better basketball player right now. Let's just kind of get that. I don't care what the advanced stats say. But I, mean, but I said that. So though. that's so that's the that. thing. That, let me just but say that, say number that. one. Number two, uh, Devontae right. Graham is a momentum shifter, and he's a consistent-ish momentum shifter where Malik Monk, he'll have one game in every 25 to 30 where he, uh, similar to the last game where he comes in for a quarter and just lights it up. And, but it's not enough. He doesn't do it consistently enough where it makes a a big difference. So in that way, Devontae Graham is the better player. Honestly, if you could take Malik Monk's slashing ability, his finishing ability and his athleticism and give that to Devontae Graham, then you would have an elite player. But I I would bet on Devontae Graham learning how to do some of those things um, easier than I would bet that Malik Monk could find some competency on defense and find his three-point shot again. Because I I don't know if it's ever coming back. Or at least not in Charlotte. No, I'm with you on the three-point shot. Look, if I'm not interested in having the debate of who's better between Devontae and Malik because it's clear that Devontae Graham is better. My point being is that what are we going to get in return from Malik Monk that demonstrates that's something I'm willing to take a chance on more than what I'm willing to take a chance on with Malik? I think there are some things that Malik provides that is still pretty valuable. And therefore, to me, and you talk about competency on defense, man, look. I think Malik's improved quite a bit on that end of the floor this year to the point where I don't mind saying that he's better than Devontae. Devontae's been bad. And there's a reason we talk about playing that backcourt with Terry Rozier and Devontae and not working. Malik Malik hadn't been that bad in my eyes this season. Well, I mean, Devontae, it's his second year in the NBA. uh, And also... Devontae's also older. Right. But then there's some size issues there. I mean, I think he would be better if you could pair him with maybe a, a, a larger shooting guard. I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not ready to say Devontae Graham is a bad defensive player. I think that can improve. He's been bad, but but sure. Maybe, maybe I mean, of course it can improve, right? Kind of like know. what Malik has shown, but it's been bad. I, my point is, Devontae is clearly better. Devontae has clearly shown something that You wouldn't that know he, it from listening to you. A surprise. I'm just, well, I, I keep saying it, then, you know, this is but this is how listeners react, right? They forget about that. They hear about everything else. He's clearly better. My point being is that, man, you look at some of the advanced stats, 
They're really damn close to what Devontae is doing, but Devontae is playing a lot more. He's a better facilitator. There's a way better assist-to-turnover ratio, and that's what separates them quite a bit right now, on top of Devontae just being clearly a better shooter in his second season I'll as say, well. I'll say this. Malik Monk has been through two coaching staffs now, and it's clear that he's annoyed both of those coaching staffs at, at different points. And uh, Malik Monk, every offseason, has a bevy of excuses about why he's not playing well enough. And I think as as a fan of the Hornets and someone that watches them night in and night out, I'm just done with the excuses. I think it would benefit him. I think it would benefit this franchise if the Hornets were able to get something in return for him. No, I love the excuses, baby. I want them all. I, I don't think it's Malik Monk's fault at all. I agree. I think Malik Monk, <laughs> I think Malik Monk, you can tell me whatever you want, man. And I will agree with you. No, there is that point. I, I do think that a change of scenery for the cliche that it is, I think it absolutely would do Malik Monk some good. Walker, we're talking about Malik Monk changing scenery. Uh, If anyone out there needs to change their workforce, how about using Indeed? When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education? What about experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants fast. Also, add skills tests to your job post so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash locked on and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. We'll talk a little bit more about the Charlotte Hornets at the trade deadline. We talked about the Dallas Mavericks and a possibility of a Dwight Powell trade yesterday. Well, so did the Locked On Mavericks podcast. We'll play a soundbite from them next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. That is so to God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body. And then mid making fun of other people doing that. You said, I will say this though, the guy that I think his body changed. That's correct. Yeah. Well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 20, 40 vision. So, okay. um, that me, I'm pretty sure what, or is it 40, 20 vision, whatever means that I have great, like Eagle eye vision. That's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save tonight. One of my favorite songs. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So we'll continue with Malik for just a moment. Didn't dive really all that deep into what possibly Malik would call for in return for the Charlotte Hornets. We did mention Frankie Smokes. That would be the easy answer, right? A player swap one at pretty much at the same position, just, okay, we don't know what to do with them. Maybe you do Hornets. Yeah. Knicks, we don't know what to do with Malik. Maybe you guys do over there with the, uh, with the Knicks organization. So that would make some sense, but Doug, are there any other possibilities that you think would make some sense in sending Malik Monk out? Well, certainly you'd like the Hornets to come back with some kind of asset. As you said, it's not going to be a first round pick. Although on Twitter, I put this out, like, what do you think about this trade? And Tim on Twitter says the New York Dolans seem dumb enough to give up a first rounder for him. Please, please let this happen. (laughs) So yes, in the past, they have been uh, willing to deal their first round picks. They seem lately, though, to have learned from those mistakes. And the, the weird thing about this is that you have a front office that seems 
ready to be fired. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see like what deal they're willing to pull with essentially maybe their jobs on the line. Maybe they don't, it, it wouldn't, maybe an asset, even a second rounder wouldn't even be approved to leave the the Knicks organization if Dolan feels like he's going to move in a different direction with the, the front office anyway. So it, it might have to be a player swap. If you look at the Knicks roster, I mean, Malik Monk does a lot of the same things that Alonzo Trier and Dotson do. So maybe they just do a little swappy swap there and bring those. They're, they're a little bit older. Trier's 24, Dotson's 25. And they're both expiring next year, so you'd clear that money off the books. Whereas if you brought in Neil Aquina, you're still on the hook for $6.1 million next season. So that could be a little benefit to the Hornets if they could clear you know, five, a little over $5 million off not a not a ton, but something for next season. So those are some options. Yeah, and look, it, for me, it's that if we're talking about assets, you're talking about second round picks. Those players make sense, you know. And and to me, again, I, I'd rather hold on to Malik rather than go after Frankie. But you, go ahead, Doug. Can I say one more quick thing? Sure. Because I think this is important. And if Malik Monk does end up leaving, I'll probably say this again. Um, I think that. There are glue guys in the NBA, right? We talk about the glue guys all the time. These important players on your roster, they do all kinds of little things that that make the engine run smoother. Marvin Williams, perfect example of a glue guy. He's just going to give you a little bit on defense and a lot a little bit on offense and it's all over the place, but it's a complete player. It's a glue guy. Never going to be an all-star, never going to be a rock star, but just a solid glue guy. Malik on the other hand is a perfect example of a glimpse guy. He's a glimpse guy. He's going to give you glimpses. He's going to give you moments of of hope and what could be and what could have been. He's a glimpse guy. We all work. We've worked with glue guys and we've worked with glimpse guys. Guys that come in and like one day you're like, oh man, this guy's just rocking it out right now. I can't believe I would not have guessed that he would put in this kind of effort today. And then the next and then he's out for like two or three days sick. And you're like, what the heck, man? Where was the where was the glimpse guy? Malik Monk's the glimpse guy feel like i'm the glimpse guy i think that's why i identify with him so much and why i like him you just have those you have those those moments of stardom on the radio yeah and then but it's too far it's there's not a whole lot and you know it's infrequent so maybe i identify myself with malik monk and that's why i like him so much it's a problem i admit it so we'll talk about (laughs) so dwight powell was somebody that we talked about yesterday doug uh we talked a little bit about that injury to him right guy that suffered a torn achilles going to be out for the rest of the season we know uh, how devastating an Achilles injury is. And, you know, the more famous one with Kevin Durant happened just in the playoffs um, this past postseason. So not only did we talk about it, but also even before that Dwight Powell injury, the host of Locked On Mavs actually discussed trading for a Hornets big man and which one they would rather have in Bismack Biombo, Cody Zeller, or Marvin Williams, and which one the Mavs could actually use the most. Here's the Locked On uh, Mavericks podcast soundbite regarding what they could actually go for um, on the Hornets roster. There's guys across the league that's like Biombo, Evan Turner, these expiring vets that are on, you know, 16, the 2016 eight. deals. Yes, and it, they're on these expiring deals. They make somewhere around 16 to 18 million and, you know, what what are you willing to pay 
is is Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson in that second round pick? Is that too much to pay for a guy like a Biombo, Evan yes. Turner, Alan Crabb, Baysmore? You know these type of guys on those one year rental deals. That's just going to help you for the rest of this year. Is that too much to pay? That's what we're going to see that decision over the next you know little bit. I would have to probably lean. It's hard. I, I'd lean Cody Zeller in this a little bit, but I think as a player. Yeah, if I had to pick one of these three, and because once again, I don't care about heading into next season two if that if it takes up some of that money because it's kind of like this two year window. But then then again, I feel like a lot of what Cody Zeller brings, Maxi brings. So uh, it's kind of but he doesn't you know, shoot. Do I, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Cody, I mean, Cody Zeller's making twenty. He's shooting twenty seven percent from three. You know, the, the Marvin Williams appeal. He's thirty three, but he's also shooting thirty nine percent from three this year. So. I guess, sure, let's just go with Marvin Williams. Yeah, that's the one-year guy. That's the guy I think I would lean towards. He doesn't help your defending big man thing, but he adds another credible shooter. You could still play five out. It's another big body that you can throw at some some of these guys. Uh, And that's, honestly, some of the problem is the Mavericks are playing these one big man lineups, and they come across guys that they can't double. If they double, they're sending somebody off a shooter and, you know that's kind of tough. So they can have two guys like that. Maybe that that would help a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think Marvin Williams, maybe, and then Cody Zeller are the two guys I'd be interested in from Charlotte. So that's Isaac Harris and Nick Angstead from the Locked On Mavs podcast. And Nick actually helms the at Locked On NBA Twitter account and on Instagram. They do a bunch of stories. You can watch them every day and get caught up on all of the big headlines from the NBA. So follow them on Instagram at Locked On NBA. Uh, But that was, again, that clip was before the Dwight Powell injury. And so the calculus has changed a little bit. And I think if you ask them again, they would now lean more towards Cody Zeller than Marvin Williams because Zeller is somebody that can help you defensively and is is not is about the same level of of offense that you get with a Dwight Powell. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty 50-50 in my eyes still. I just, to me, I guess I view Marvin Williams, the three-point shooting I think is pretty valuable. And if he does a lot of the same things that Kleber does and what they were mentioning, then maybe they would rather go after somebody like a Marvin where you're not relying on him a ton, right? I mean, you're you're not asking to play him more than 20 minutes. And Cody Zeller, you wouldn't be doing, I guess, the same thing with him. Just to me, if you need help on offense, then you're – not exactly looking for Cody. You're not looking for low post scoring for the Dallas Mavericks, right? I mean, that's not something that you're looking at. You're looking at somebody that can shoot the three pretty effectively, that can rebound when he's in there, you know, somewhat effectively. I guess that's something that Marvin has kind of waned on a little bit. But I don't know. Marvin, Marvin's still appealing to me with the with the Mavericks. I could see it's them. It's true. Doing, I mean, yeah. if if they traded for Zeller, thinking they were going to get you know a, a guy More who than could, assists. <laughs> yeah, they all they'll get plenty of those, buddy. Oh, don't <laughs> he'll get a triple double in screen assists even. Um, but if they're if they're looking for somebody that's going to be physical inside, that's not Zeller. I mean, that's Biombo, but Biombo comes with a lot of other negatives and a big dollar amount. Whereas Marvin, a little bit more reasonable contract, and it's and it's gone. Junk in the trunk can can hold his own down there. He can hold his own, but yeah, but I think the same sort of same level of physicality that you're going to get with with Zeller almost, just not as much size. So, what would you want from Dallas, Doug? Let's say they second rounders, baby. Yeah, we talked about this, I guess, a little bit, right? I don't, I don't think that there's anything on that. I mean, Courtney Lee, if you could figure something out, that would be a fun. 
player that would help them, I think, defensively and some of the issues they have. So if there's some way to, but I don't think they'll, the, the, Courtney Lee's probably going to be a good playoff piece for them if they're, if they're interested in winning now. So, well, and you heard, I, I don't know who was asking the question and who was answering it, but when they were asking, is Courtney Lee worth giving that up? The other guy pretty emphatically was saying no. During <laughs> yeah, that was Nick. That was Nick yeah. saying no. <laughs> and they're Nick right. Was, uh, they're right. I mean, I would, yeah. if it were me, I wouldn't do it. But, you know, people get crazy around trade season. And again, that was before the Dwight Powell thing. So the calculus has changed. They, If they really want to win and they really want to compete in the playoffs, then they might be a little bit more desperate to make a move and are willing to shift their priorities a little bit. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm trying to look at their payroll right now, the expirings that they have. Courtney Lee, 34-year-old, making almost 13 mil. So that would be perfect Uh, for Marvin. Yeah, J.J. Barea making two and a half at age 35. And... Ryan Brokoff. Maria doesn't help you at all, though. 1.4. Yeah. Like, let's, <laughs> let's see if we can run the smallest backcourt in the NBA just for fun. Yeah, I would like to run him and Devontae Graham. The Keebler, and- the Keebler backcourt. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I would love that. Everybody else. I didn't realize that Dallas had Keebies. so many guys locked in for Wait, so long. Keebleys. I'll work on it. Dwight Powell's locked in. DeLon Wright's locked in. Kleber locked in. Of course, Luke is going to be, and they're going to continue to do so. Seth Curry has including this year, a four-year contract. You know, Bring course, him home! That's crazy, man. They've got a lot. Yeah, Seth, I mean, you know, Seth, they're not giving him up, but that, I didn't realize they, they were locked. This is their core. They're, they're locked in for quite a while. Interesting. That would be point. an amazing troll if oh, the Hornets yes, finally be. acquired Curry and it's Seth. All right, I'm down in the box score, bromance, boogie, beat down. I don't know if I got that right. That'll I don't beat think we'll down. Come on. I don't know if we'll ever get that right, but I'm going to lose and we're going to give uh, probably I'm going to give my losing picks next year on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything. Now, I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robitussin that I had as a kid and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to be back. Great to be back on the show. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I don't even know the name of this game that we play, so I damn sure don't know the rules of this game. Doug, can you explain it to all of our listeners if you're joining us for the first time or still need just a refresher on this? A little fantasy basketball game that we made up here on Locked on Hornets. It's called the Box Score Bromance Battle Beatdown, a little showdown really between myself and Walker where we look at the game coming up and we try to see if we can pick who will have the best box score line and the worst box score line. And we're calculating this by the simple stats, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, minus turnovers. Keeping it simple because I have to count it up manually and I can't read. I certainly can't count. But I am leading in this game right now 3 to one. Now, the way we pick the players is we do a snake draft. Because Walker lost last week, he gets the first selection, and he can either select his high player or his low player. So go for it, Walker. Yeah, I've been doing well selecting the low players. And real quickly before we get started, I know, Doug, we talked about how we hypothesized it might be actually harder to pick the low score here. Do you think it's been easier or do you still think that's the case after we've ran this a couple times? I think both of them are very difficult. And it's why I thought this game was interesting from the jump, because the Hornets in terms of who their best player is night in and night out and their worst player, it fluctuates so wildly. And 
it seems like right now Borrego is trying to figure some things out rotationally. And we have this rule that a player has to play 10 minutes to qualify. So if they play under 10 minutes and you select them for the low player, then they are DQ'd. So that's been difficult too because some of these players have played eight or nine minutes. It's, you know, Borrego doesn't subscribe to that Clifford philosophy of you got to play somebody, you know, 16 to 18 minutes or otherwise they can't get into a groove. He's more than willing to bring in a Hernan Gomez or a Cody Martin for eight, nine minutes. And then they don't, you don't see him again. Yeah. I kind of struggle with this one. You know, what's funny with all the Malik Monk talk. I mean, this is the team that he would get the highest stat line for, right? (laughs) It's, it's the Milwaukee bugs. These are the times that he's been, that he's given us the glimpses. It's been against the Milwaukee bucks his rookie year. um, He's going to take a flyer right now. Man, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. uh, At least at first. Um, Robin Lopez is out of this game, correct? That's correct. Robin Lopez out, and that's actually more important than you would think because the last time these two teams played was back on November 30th, and Robin Lopez, not Brooke Lopez, who we know has has developed a, a consistent three-point shot, but his brother, Robin Lopez, was three of five from the three-point line, including two corner threes, and had 13 points in that game and was kind of a factor in that blowout loss that the Hornets took back in November. So he's out of this game. So a little less size for a team that really is, uh, they're, they're full of a bunch of G words. Yeah. Leaping G words. We, we can't, what's the rules on us picking the same guy over again? Uh, Whatever. Can't do it yet. Right. Yeah, Sure. Uh, can we? I've why, why are you? you it's weird. It's weird. Today and yesterday, you just made up these random rules that weren't in the rule book. You're like adding rules for some reason. You know, I'm going to make it harder just so I can give myself an excuse if I lose. I'm going to go with Dwayne Bacon. Big, big excuse guy. All right. So, Dwayne Bacon is your high player low, then. Low score. No, low score. So, okay, good. Dwayne Bacon, your high player. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes, um, my Listen. first pick, yeah. I'm. Also going to go low, and I'm going to go Nick Batum for my low player. I know he's yeah. in France, so th- maybe this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a little okay. okay. I know that, but I think there are going to be some nerves when you when you go home. Sometimes we saw this with Frank. Uh, remember, Frank Kaminsky would go to Chicago and just be absolutely terrible. So um, I'm going to say that Nick Batum has some nerves going on, and he's never really played well against Milwaukee. So. I'm going Nick Batum, my low score. All right, it's your turn again. Who's the right, high Right, because this is a snake draft. I get my high score here. I'm going to go Graham. I've never picked Graham as my high score, and I think, you know, Milwaukee's great at shutting down the rim. Devontae Graham doesn't really like to go to the rim, so I think he's going to have some open three-point looks, and he knocks him down. Yeah, just to me, that defensive backcourt, man, with Bledsoe, who, by the way, has been rumored to be uh, possibly traded, right? I, I think I, I saw that somewhere where maybe Eric Bledsoe would be a guy. And of course, you know, it, it, this was my my take about the Bucks, right? I was so mad at them. If, if I were a Bucks fan, I would have been so mad at them for letting Malcolm Brogdon leave. Yeah, and then you're going to trade game. Bledsoe. I mean, that's... oh my god, I know. And then they signed Eric Bledsoe in the middle of the season last year, which. I think I was in the minority on that one, but I didn't like it. Like Bledsoe has always been this guy that's crazy enticing and he's been the Malik Monk for everybody else. And he's actually delivered on a lot of that. So that's probably a bad comparison. But to me, like Eric Bledsoe has always been a guy that everybody loves. And man, he was bad in the playoffs last year. And Brogdon was good and they got rid of Brogdon. If they're worried about the injury, the foot injury, then okay. 
but the guy's been amazing this year. Can you imagine Brogdon on that team? If they just bit the bullet and decided, you know what? Okay, we'll pay the luxury tax and signed Malcolm Brogdon. Are you serious? Sure, they're great now, but call me in the postseason. So according to these reports, which the Bucks have denied, uh, they actually considered trading Bledsoe last season for Dennis Smith Jr., who eventually ended up oh, in boy. New York. But that deal fell through, and now it seems like Mike Budenholzer is, quote, more comfortable, unquote, with veteran George Hill running the offense and Dante DiVincenzo, who has you know, has yeah. improved a lot. I mean, he's, he's turning some heads. And so maybe that opens up a lane to deal Bledsoe in exchange for something else that this Bucks team needs. Although I don't know. I don't know what they need. What do they need? They're the, the best team in the East. What do they need? Yeah. I mean, they're running away with that one seed. So now I got to find a high guy, even though you tried to sabotage me by saying Dwayne Bacon, it was going to be my high score. Got to find the high guy. Oh man. They are, you know, if, if PJ Washington can knock down a few threes, then I think that would bode well for me. Um, even though they've got some size, Robin Lopez is being out. Give me PJ baby PJ with the high score. All right. You take Washington. He uh, tied with Malik Monk in the last game for the high box score line. So not a bad pick there. So again, to recap, Walker is taking Bacon for his low box score line. I am taking Nick Batum. I take Devontae Graham for my high box score line. And Walker takes PJ Washington in France against the Milwaukee Bucks. That uh, by the time you listen to this, that game might actually be uh, in progress or over. Um, but we'll find out uh, next week who is going to take the win on this game. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Make sure, again, you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. We'll preview the Milwaukee Bucks game a little bit more tomorrow on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Glimpse guy.